0: Welcome to Art Education in Critical Times, a podcast discussing contemporary issues, theory, and research related to art and visual culture education. My name is Amber Coleman, and today's episode is titled For Django James and Other Black Women Who Have Decided That Hip Hop Is For Us. Reflecting on Stuart Hall's thoughts on popular culture and critical pedagogue Bettina Love's work with black girls, black feminism, hip hop feminism, and hip hop pedagogy, my guest and fellow educator Elizabeth Mack and I will discuss the impact of black women's engagement in and the consumption of hip hop music videos. So, my name is Amber Coleman, and I'm a doctoral student in art education and a graduate assistant at a local museum. I will be joined today by Elizabeth Mack, a longtime friend of mine, who is a master's student in urban education studies and an elementary school teacher. So before I talk with Elizabeth, I think it's important to explain how did we get here. So my idea for this podcast episode has been in the works for a while. I first thought about hip hop in relation to our education about two years ago in a class as a master student. I read an article where the author was talking about sexism in hip hop music videos and relating the need to look at these videos for media and visual literacy. I was disappointed by the article as it gave some seemingly outdated suggestions and in my opinion misleading assumptions about hip hop. While I do agree that sexism can be reflected in hip hop music videos, I do not believe hip hop is the root problem. Sexism is a larger systemic issue within the context of the US. Sexism didn't come from hip hop. Hip hop merely reflects larger systems at work. After reading this article, I wrote a paper addressing the original article while also contextualizing the need to consider hip hop music videos in contemporary visual and media literacy practices. Now, as a doctoral student, I have been recently introduced to cultural studies in a course with Dr. Gloria Wilson, which has added to my understanding of this topic. Cultural studies theorist Stuart Hall discussed in his essay, Notes on Deconstructing the Popular, that there has always been a struggle over the culture of the working class or poor. In a capitalist society like the one we live in, capital dictates the culture of the popular classes, which is cyclical in the sense that there is a constant education of what is popular or important. In this way, what is popular is also linked to traditions and resistance. Some cultural forms are centered while others are marginalized. Hall reminds us that as popular culture transforms, we are contained in it, but also have means to resist it. Bettina Love also employs the work of Hall and other critical scholars as she looks at the impact on hip hop on Black girls in her book, Hip Hop's Little Sister Speak, Negotiating Hip Hop Identities and Politics in the New South. She finds that when Black girls consume Black popular culture, like hip hop, they are reading the culture and its products like a text, and negotiating their identities in relation to the culture. But hip hop feminism can be a contemporary tool for Black girls to unpack the lyrics and visuals they find in hip hop and how it relates to their lives. Love advocates for the use of relevant pedagogical approaches like critical pedagogy, culturally relevant pedagogy, hip-hop pedagogy, and critical media literacy, which are important especially for people of color. She also quotes Stuart Hall as saying, it is only through the way in which we represent and imagine ourselves that we come to know how we are constituted and who we are. I think this is very true, especially as Love explains how we exist in a postmodern condition, one where we can critique cultural forms, but also enjoy them, but also when we are exposed to different explorations of black womanhood in the media. At the center of this is what Love describes in her book, We Want to Do More Than Survive of Abolitionist Teaching and the Pursuit of Educational Freedom. In this book, she discusses that for black people and people of color, mattering is a civics project in America because hegemonic systems of power that privilege white people. She says, we who are dark want to matter and live, not just to survive, but to thrive. Mattering not for the recognition or acknowledgement, but to create new systems and structures for educational, political, economic, and community freedom. Starting with this space of hip-hop music videos, the podcast episode begins to unpack the importance of popular and visual culture, as well as engaging in practices of mattering as educators. Hello, today I'm here with Elizabeth Mack, and going off of what I was just talking about in terms of cultural studies and Bettina Love's work in hip-hop. In relation to um black the representation of black women we're just going to talk about like our own experiences with hip-hop maybe some connections we made to patina's work and how we kind of look at contemporary hip-hop music videos um by black women so elizabeth is there anything you want to start off with or Um, first thoughts
1: as far as hip-hop i think as you were um as you were talking, I'd like started to think about like, what was my first initial like relation or conversation or understanding of hip hop. And mm-hmm. I think it's actually the, the irony is that like, I really, like I've come like, my entire life for the most part, like hip hop has been around me in the music and like the visuals, media, all of those things. But actually when I really understood hip hop was an undergrad in a um, black feminist course, right. It was a black feminist mm-hmm. thought course. Um, And it's really when I started to, like, understand what the role hip-hop played in feminism and Black culture. Um, And it also wasn't this, like, generic idea of, like, hip-hop is, like, misogynistic. And hip-hop is about drugs and all all of the, like, stereotypes that come along with hip-hop. It was just, like, no, hip-hop is about feeling and emotions and relationships. And I began to understand my own feminist, like, views of life. And who I was not mm-hmm. a black woman through the idea of like hip hop, right? And so, mm-hmm. first person who I actually got to, to understand and like watch um, was Kendrick Lamar, right? So and so we also talk about um, hip hop and like just like song and music, but actually hip hop is also a performance. Actually, hip hop is like a trifle, right? Like there's like there are like dance and like break dancing is a part of hip hop, like this hip hop culture is really, really, really big, but we oftentimes like limit to just the music. Um, but I got this under. I got to watch Kendrick Lamar, and basically, we were just having conversations about um, how black men like go about the world around them, right? And what is their relationship with women, black mm-hmm. women in particular? And so then, so she puts on. Um, she her my professor's background is in, like performance theory, um, and performance work, and um, she puts on a video of like Kendrick Lamar the BT concert, and he's singing mm-hmm. Money Trees, and he's talking about how like that's just how he feels in an audience of people that look like him and that are responding to him. And you see so much community on the stage and in the audience. And you also are seeing for the first time, like through hip hop, right? Often, Mm-hmm. talked about in such a like negative masculine harsh way he's actually sitting in the middle of the stage being like this is just how I feel and he's rapping about his life he's rapping about his experiences in such in a way and in a time period where, like black men aren't allowed to feel right and so you're mm-hmm. like that that is some gorgeous hip hop right and like how can we start to like expand conversations around hip hop music videos mute the genre in of its in of itself that Mm -hmm. isn't the typical stereotypical like conversations about it you know um yeah and like how do you have that type of conversation in a feminist class right and how can you also enjoy hip-hop and also still have very strong feminist ideals at the same time Mm -hmm. I think like those are beautiful conversations to have yeah um yeah I just Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs)
0: mm-hmm no that makes a lot of sense I think um As I was kind of like doing some reading, kind of preparing for this, um, I felt like that came up in what Patina was saying in her one book Mm -hmm. um, that kind of like, because we're in this kind of like postmodernist age, however you define that, um, Mm -hmm. we often come to terms with these things that might be, might have problematic aspects to them, um, Mm -hmm. but we also enjoy them because there's so much nuance to it. Um, and there are parts that are that we really do connect with Um, but I think I agree with you I feel like it wasn't until like either undergrad or grad school where I really understood hip-hop like it was a Mm -hmm. part of my life like growing up my parents were always playing hip-hop music Um, so it was just something that I grew up with that was always like a part of life uh, whether it was in the background at an event or something or just Mm -hmm. something that I was listening to on my own. It was always there. Um, Nothing kind of unpacking it and understanding my relationship to it. didn't happen until much later. Um, And I think that was kind of the point that she was getting to like, Mm -hmm. because hip hop is a part of our culture, especially for like um, young people, it's important to be able to have the space to unpack that, to have the Mm -hmm. conversations about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the lyrics, the performance, um, the visuals that are being put out. And I think even in particular right now, I think, I don't know, I feel like it's an interesting moment in hip hop where I think it's really, um, especially in terms of like Black women um, and how how they're using hip hop in terms of making visuals has really, um, not that it wasn't happening before, because I think you mm-hmm. can definitely see that in like Missy Elliott's work. Yeah, um, it, but I think it's definitely moving in an interesting direction. That I think it, it it deserves the time to like be looked at more seriously.
1: Yeah, I um, I I totally agree. I think um, I think patina's like work helps us start to name those experiences mm-hmm. that we kind of like took for granted, or like mm-hmm. took for granted, like because they were always there. And mm-hmm. so I think that like we. I think our undergraduate or graduate work has helped us be able to name things and to see things that we can then start to talk Mm -hmm. about and have an intelligible conversation about Mm -hmm. what we are seeing with hip-hop artists um, across like the genre and even thinking about like how hip-hop has changed right and so Mm -hmm. what is what is that what did it look like like how can what did it mean to be hip-hop right now it's yeah because really I don't I don't know if I can give a definition yeah. yeah I
0: think it's definitely changed I think a lot I think one thing is that like a lot of people think that rap and hip-hop are the same thing but mm-hmm, I think especially mm-hmm. now I think the way that artists are kind of like moving the genre along I think you're seeing a lot more singing in hip-hop than mm-hmm, you saw before mm-hmm. so it's like hip-hop is not just rap you yeah. have a lot of singers that are making hip hop music yeah. but they're not rapping. And yeah. you have people who are rapping that aren't necessarily making hip hop music. Right.
1: Absolutely. Um, so I
0: think it's it's definitely changing. It's interesting to see. Um it's also I feel like uh like geography has something to do with it I think mm, about like yeah. when
1: I think about hip hop I'm thinking like Atlanta Georgia exactly. I'm thinking trap music <laughs> I'm thinking like the Gucci's of the world I'm the thinking Gucci. about those because like that was my you know what I mean I, that was yeah. my context. And like I can yeah. recognize, I recognize the Tupac's, I recognize the Biggie, yeah. I recognize but the it's different. Then you got to give O's to Jay, and like, and like you you have like this. So I feel like geography also, mm-hmm. um, plays a role of like what that what hip hop looks like. Um, oh yeah. And then I also think that like part of what I, why I want, I've embraced it in so many other ways, or like not embraced, but like better understood and appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Um is because a lot of like a lot of it is very conscious music right they're talking yeah. about very social political things that are mm-hmm. really really relevant yeah. and like with mm-hmm. no filter to be honest yeah. with you <laughs> no absolute filter and yeah. i don't know if you're getting that in any other um, yeah. i don't know if you're getting that in any other genre of music right so yeah. you have like you were saying you have people who are singing some people who are rapping you have people who are in different locations geographies you have people's mm-hmm. different lived experiences all in hip-hop right yeah. and it's like it's like almost to the point where like i wouldn't i don't know if i want to make this argument necessarily but like it's so diverse but at mm-hmm. the same time it's still very recognizable it's like yes. one of those things where it's like you can't completely name what it is for certain yeah um because it has shifted and changed but like mm-hmm. when you see it you also you know, know it,
0: it. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah no that's so real and I think that's something that hip hop has always done kind of speaking to one's experiences. I think there's always pushback on like what those experiences look like because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, if it doesn't fit within this certain kind of mold or fit with like whatever the norm, whatever you wanna call that is, mm-hmm. it's always seen as like this kind of it has this kind of like extra quality to it because it's so brash, it's so yeah, I don't know what you wanna call it. I feel like people say like aggressive mm-hmm. or um and so I feel like people have this certain perception of hip-hop because of how honest it is um and how ugly that honesty can be um Mm -hmm. and so I think at the same time there's like pushback against hip-hop because then there's like oh well it's sexist and being Mm -hmm. misogynistic but I'm like it can only be that if it's reflecting the larger culture like there's nothing like you can't, I think that this is kind of like what brought me to this topic in general, um, was kind of like reading, I think I, t- I told you about it, and I think I showed you the article where the author was talking about, it kind of put like the, the onus oh. on hip hop for like being uh, the space that's reflecting the sexism as if it's not coming from mm-hmm. um, the larger society, as if it mm-hmm. isn't something that's systemic in mm-hmm. our society that like you can't find sexism anywhere else but it's hip-hop's fault for right. putting these images out there which mm-hmm. i feel like that's that's definitely not fair because if you if you have to look at the larger system of like where we're the larger context of what we're living in and like mm-hmm. you can see it across other genres like it's it's all there it's always been there um but i think because of hip-hop's honesty and like how um yeah, bold it is. It gets it gets I put know. on them. Yeah. Then
1: and I and there's this balance, right? There's this moment mm-hmm. where like I when when I when I engage with people who talk about hip hop as being only misogynistic, like there's not much else that I need to talk to you about because you're, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like your perspective, is yeah, like mute, it's, it's super limited. Skewed, and, like, yeah. The amount of energy I'm gonna have to put into like explaining to you like you know privilege and like patriarchy, I don't have. To, I just can't i don't i don't i'm not interested yes. in that right because <laughs> that's just want you know i just don't have time to talk to you about power and you're probably someone from a position of power empowered mm-hmm. in which like
0: mm-hmm. what's hip-hop
1: even really for you right like it is, it's not even no it's not really for you so you can't understand it right so like i'm not trying to have that conversation with you but then for <laughs> people who, who who are like-minded right i do want to have the conversation about like well there are some things that are said and done in hip-hop culture and music that does continue to perpetuate these stereotypes, mm-hmm. right? And yes. there's lyrics sometimes, that I'm just like, dang, did he really just say that? Yes. Like, like I was
0: even listening to, like, some old-school hip-hop. It was like, you know the songs. And I was like, oh, ho- hold up, Lord. like, You're um, like, wow. What? We, th- I don't remember these words. I'm like, do you? Mm, mm. Yeah, Mm. you're like okay.
1: Yeah, Um, but I also think that's still the work of like black women, right? We're still always Mm -hmm. like not always like even into like when you think about rappers and like who we think about as hip hop rappers and legends and Mm whatever people make lists of like who the best rappers are, you rarely see. Female women. MC women in there, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you, and in order to get on that list, like sometimes there's things that I feel like you have to compromise, right? Like yeah. to be able to be a part and to be recognized as that, right? So then people yeah. like to have the conversation. And like Cardi B comes up, right? Like Cardi, yeah. like, what is Cardi playing a role? Is Cardi being herself? Is Cardi like what, you know, I so to what point can Cardi be Cardi, right? Or, like, yeah. to what point is Nicki Minaj not only trying to perpetuate a new image and narrative of what it means to be a Black mm-hmm. female rapper, right? Mm-hmm. Or is she actually a part of this larger thing that she can't mm-hmm. control, right? Like, yeah. I do feel like we do, can still engage and still pull yeah. hip-hop to a very conscious, mm-hmm. um, a high, like, a high consciousness of, like, A, like, this is, like, um yeah, we name these things that, we, that yeah. are that is the systems that affect, but also like, where's the moment of responsibility, right? The moment of yeah. care, particularly yeah. for black women. Like, are we, yeah. how do we hold, how do we how hold do we... rappers to that, you know? Or when I think about yeah. the issue of like T.I. recently, right? Yeah. Talking about how like he goes to like, like at what point do I say like, hey, like, like yeah, T.I. is rapping about bands and rubber bands and like being a band man, right? Like, and gave us yeah. bops, right? But then also yes. like, now you're a father. Yeah. And now you're perpetuating (laughs) these really harmful things onto your daughter, right? So I gotta call you out on that, right? And we gotta be okay with calling each other out.
0: Yeah.
1: AKA my boy Kanye, right? Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like we gotta be able to call Kanye out on the stuff that Kanye is doing. And so I do think like sometimes that burden is placed on Mm. like. Black women, or, or like women of color, or people who are mm-hmm. queer—that work is placed on them to be able to do. Um, it's never placed on the men, ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I do feel that dichotomy within hip hop. Even though I love yeah. it, I think it is—you know—I love it, but also yeah. like we still have to call that out.
0: Oh yeah, I think it. I think it becomes hard when, I think as a people who haven't for very long had freedoms, well, however much you want to say that we have freedom in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it becomes hard to critique each other because I think there's like this ingrained sense that we want everybody to do well. And mm. we don't want to like, we don't necessarily want to tear somebody down in our community <laughs> because we it's like, oh, we want them to do well. We want to support you. Uh, we want the best for you, we we don't think you, maybe you didn't mean to do that but like maybe they actually did and so it becomes mm-hmm. hard to critique because it's already so hard to get to that success if that mm-hmm. makes sense and so mm-hmm. you get proud of those people when they make it or when they're able to obtain whatever you want to call being the measure of being successful um, it becomes hard to critique when it's like so few and far in between we're still having first we're still having like these first successes Mm -hmm. um, for black people and it's like Mm -hmm. I think it becomes hard for us to tear not hard to not necessarily tear each other down but I think it's a reluctance to do that
1: yeah I definitely think I mean I get it it's like you've made it into the arena right like Mm -hmm. that was a fight like to get into the game (laughs) to be important to be significant to be able to do it it's like God, like, wow, that was a battle. And now I'm in the battle. And now i still got to fight <laughs> to, like, make sure that I'm giving, like, conscious and relevant and, like, mm-hmm. great music, right? And I, I think I often think about, um, like, watching hip-hop. I like Jay-Z. And I think I've gone through, like, I've liked Jay-Z in the past when I was growing up and didn't really understand what Jay-Z was rapping about. And yeah. I, like, came to understand Jay-Z again through understanding Beyonce.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then I also then lost respect for Jay. I was like, oh, Jay is, like, he's, his music, his rapping in and of itself outside of Beyonce, in my opinion, had changed. And then yeah. I got to watch him recently in concert, and I was like, no, like, and he's grown up, and he did it by himself. He, it was mm-hmm. just like watching him go yeah. line for line and lyric for lyric and just writing yeah. and talking about his story. And the things yeah. that he was rapping about at that moment was completely different than what he'd rapped about when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, I'm like, wow, it, it it took him so long to get there. To right? get like, that growth, yeah. It took so long for him to get that growth. And you're like, yeah. ah, is yeah. that what it looks like for all of hip-hop?
0: you know, I know do you like, give that much
1: grace to everybody
0: yeah how much grace do you give people um and then i think yeah i think it's i think you should still critique i think you should still because i think it it doesn't come from a harmful place and i think that mm. might be the perception that like the critique is not about tearing you down the critique is because i care and i want you to still do well and hope that you can understand like why this is problematic
1: yeah yeah, but I also I know this is gonna put a lid, but like I also don't <laughs> believe hip hop should be studied. I think it should just be lived. It's like you can't you can't study hip hop. You just
0: live it. You just love you it. Just, you you just, it. You just <laughs> you just, just living and love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it. I think it's definitely interesting. I think you can't like get down to like. I don't think you can get down to like real nitty little picky things. Um, mm. Because like you said, it's, it is diverse because it yeah. also is contextual. Like yeah. I think a lot, like you said, like a lot of my worldview of hip-hop is Atlanta, Southern based. Um, yeah. Now that I don't know and understand right. other regional contexts of it, but anytime I think about hip-hop, it is very Southern based. Um, yeah. And I think I feel like even I feel like more recently I think it's shifted to more women artists and I think that's mm. uh, interesting because I feel like before you know I could make a playlist with hip hop music and it was mostly men yeah and then it's exactly. like mm, that's mm, we're where the women we're the women yeah. but I think yeah. more so recently. Um, Especially like with Cardi and Megan The Stallion. Megan D Stallion. (laughs) (laughs) And then Missy Elliott coming back. Mm -hmm. I feel like Mm -hmm. there's something happening right now. I don't know how to describe it. Because I don't Mm. think the style is necessarily trap. Because I don't think they're talking about trap issues. And so I don't even know what you call it. It's like its own thing. It also pushes back heavily on like, respectability politics. Oh, most definitely. Um, And so it's, like, a beautiful space to, like, be watching. Um, And even thinking about, like, even though, like, Beyonce doesn't necessarily, isn't necessarily called a rapper, like, Mm -hmm. the music that she's been making lately has been heavily, like, hip-hop. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so it's just an interesting moment to be in. Janelle Monae. I too. mean, yeah. Yes. I'm thinking, but
1: also, um, can we go back to Megan B. style <laughs> right? and like and City, Girl. what what yes, are City right? Girls? What they're what they're What they're rapping yeah. about is so different. They're pushing back. Always, yeah respectability politics they're also talking about how like they're in their bag you know what i mean they're like yeah i'm getting my money and they're also taking so much um like ownership over their own sexuality right oh, like yeah. they are describing in like detail what they're doing when they're like participating and having like in any sexual activity and like owning mm-hmm. it right only yes. things that like for the most part i would say like black girls aren't necessarily allowed to talk about think about yeah and You're rapping about it, right? Like, yeah,
0: we're not because it's almost like I don't know. It's like black girls and black women. Like black girls are definitely highly sexualized from mm -hmm, a young mm -hmm, age, mm -hmm. and so like to think about like there's a shame in being sexual, but also you're also viewed as sexual. Yeah, and so to like be able to put that out there and like not care about it, Mm -hmm. and I think it's I think it's very intentional. Like I think. You People might talk about Cardi B and say, like, she's playing into stereotypes. But I think she also knows what she's doing. Like, it's very yeah. intentional. Yeah. Like, she knows, like, that's what sells. And I'm actually, like, okay with myself. And I'm fine with my sexuality enough mm-hmm. to be able to say what I want to say. Mm-hmm. And so I think she, she, also buys, she also plays into it. She also plays into it. So, like, what does that mean to, like, exert that kind of agency? Like, I, I already know what this system is. I know what it's like. And I'm also going to play into it so that I can be successful, so I can support myself yeah. and my family. Yeah. I mean, she.
1: Yeah. I mean, she also was a stripper, so yeah. it's like again, I'm sharing my lived experience, and so through mm-hmm. like that is my agency, right? Like you can't yeah. you can't tell my story the way I can tell my story, and like exactly. this is my story, right? And so
0: exactly.
1: Um. So it's not same with more, Beyonce. Like, tell me more. Huh? Say more, Beyonce. Yeah.
0: In terms of telling her story, I think with the last couple of albums, especially, I think she's using her experiences and kind of like pulling them through hip hop. Does that make it's very crafted? Yeah. Like We've talked about this. I'm. I believe there's a team behind Beyonce, most like, it's not just her. Okay. Good, so I'm good, like, good. the team is like helping her to like port. Like
1: mm-hmm. she
0: went through all that stuff with Beyonce, with not Beyonce, with Jay Z like Mm -hmm. she used that like i'm gonna use this moment to like bring my story and and hip-hop was the way for her to do that i don't know if she could have done that i mean she might could have done it through a different genre but i think it would have done had the same impact as using hip-hop to tell that story i would dare say though that
1: she didn't do it through hip-hop I would say she has a relationship with hip hop, aka mm. I would say J D represents hip hop. But I would say Lemonade is a representation of black feminism. I mm. would say that it is, it is a, it is, um, that is R and B. That is, that is a mixture of hip hop. There's a mixture of country. She even has that component that of that's true. She has spoken like even um when she talks about the narratives of like her. Was it her grandmother? um mm-hmm. when i made when the life gave me lemons i made lemonade like those things yeah. that she, she drew off of the histories of like black women in their stories mm-hmm. and so i think she again like kind of like like she she came i feel like she grew up and came to understand who she was in a relationship with hip-hop mm-hmm. but not all of it was completely hip-hop and i think oh i I agree with, I agree and with so that and so then i think that's a that is again like black women are yeah. like i feel like hip-hop yeah. is here and we're like yeah. shoulder to shoulder to it you know yeah. like we're touching it we're connected yeah you feel it we get it i think but hip-hop also, is
0: the medium it's yeah. not like the whole thing it's the medium yeah like yeah. that's like where it comes out through that because we understand it we know how to like work mm. with it but mm-hmm. it's not the whole thing does that make sense i think yeah it's the we medium. pull from it gotcha mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting to see like how different people use it yeah mm-hmm. but no I agree with you I think that it is black feminism like whether and I think uh, I think some of the awareness that people come to um, it, well in particular black women um, I think whether they call it black feminism or not it's, it's that kind of awareness of mm. yourself as mm-hmm. a black woman in relation to the world and the history of black women that kind of like, I don't know. I think it changes your trajectory in a sense because, because of having that kind of awareness of self and understanding of like, how do we get here?
1: Yeah, and I think okay. that's why like, where this conversation, Tina, gives us like the language to be able to mm-hmm. do that, right? Oh um, yeah, and it's like how at what point do we start to give that language to? Um, to people earlier right like mm-hmm. a, I don't know if it should necessarily be something that is housed in ivory towers right of like of undergrad and academia like yeah. we, how, do, how do we get that to you sooner so that you'll yeah. be able to have something to be able to
0: support your lived experiences when yeah. you are younger right yeah um, I think that's where it needs to start I think it's hard though considering like the context of education like who do we expect to do this yeah Because I feel like unless you already have an investment in it or an understanding of it, you're not as like likely to engage with it. And I think that could be anything, honestly. Um, If it doesn't feel relevant or familiar to you, sometimes people just disregard it as something that might be important to someone else. Yeah. Um, And so it's like, how do you make that move to that? Because I think kind of like Bettina talks about like this, this need to matter especially for Black people and people Mm. of color. Um, And so, like, while we might understand the importance of this and, like, sharing it with um, children at a younger age to be able to have that kind of, like, literacy and awareness of, like, what is going on or what is being said or not said, what is being shown and Mm -hmm. not shown, um, I I think that's always one of those kind of questions that come back to, like, kind of like, who do we expect to do this, and like, how do we, how do you get people to understand that this matters, or that they need to think a little bit more deeply about something that already exists? (laughs) Girl. (laughs) I mean, I'm, it's, it's not that we can answer this question, but, like... I know. You know it's I'm just trying like, to figure it out. I know. It's hard to figure out because then it's, like... I don't know. I think we do what we can, but I, I agree with you. It has to happen earlier than undergrad and grad school. hmm
1: And I do think there's, like, um... I think literature is actually, I'm thinking, um, a tool and mechanism. So when I think about, um... Angie Thomas' is The Hate You Give or Angie mm-hmm. Thomas' is On The Come Up yes. or um, thinking about Dear Martin, Nick Stone. I'm mm-hmm. thinking about, like, those artists
0: mm-hmm. um, and
1: authors who are incorporating hip-hop in their actual mm-hmm. literature, right? And that yeah. they are middle schoolers and high schoolers who are engaging with that text mm-hmm. and being able to, like, talk about the world around them through hip-hop, yeah. but through a social-political, like, mm-hmm. lens as well. And so... Um, the relationship and it's so interesting because people don't often think about hip hop as poetry or literature mm-hmm. or something that should be like um valuable pieces of things that should enter into classrooms but like yeah. as we infuse them more into parts and bodies of work mm-hmm. um that then it becomes so much more accessible to kids
0: yeah um, that's so true and teachers and all the things yeah yeah and I think that's. I think that's interesting. It's an interesting time now, even for literature, because I feel like I was talking to someone recently, and I feel like even in the past, like three years or so, there's been so many books that have come out about Black feminism. Like it's it mm-hmm. is wild. Um, and the same thing, like I've been a young adult uh, fiction reader for a long time, and I still do read it. Mm-hmm. And so, like I even mm-hmm. noticed going into the young adult fiction sections in like a bookstore and I'm like I'm seeing more covers of books with like people of color on yeah. them and that wasn't always a thing and so I think it's interesting to be in this time now like you said you can go get the book by Angie Thomas or Nick Stone um, and I think it's interesting that those books are being pushed now at this time because I don't think that's all that's been mm-hmm. the trend for a minute um, so to see more of these books that would be accessible to, like, even middle school or high school um, that are by, like, um, authors of color, or Black authors, is I think it's an interesting time that we're in right now to be able to have access to that or to be able to see them more readily. Yeah. So. I, definitely agree. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Yes. Well... Oh, thank you, Elizabeth, for joining me for this episode. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. I love thinking about <laughs> hip hop,
1: and I love thinking about feminism. Right. I love thinking about all the things. But I feel it's like great. we do
0: that anyway. So, um, yeah, I felt like that true. made the mo- I felt like it made so much sense for us to talk about because I feel like we have these conversations anyway, um, mm-hmm. and so I think that's also a part of it. Like people are having these conversations. And sometimes they are unpacking like what is going on um and so they Mm -hmm. might not have the same education as us or they might not have the same backgrounds Mm -hmm. as us but it's not that people aren't having these conversations um i think it's just making the tools accessible to them to to even dive even deeper um and understand what's going on (laughs) thanks for having me on no problem After the conversation with Elizabeth, I think it's important to consider how educators can bring hip-hop and other relevant contemporary media to the forefront in curriculum and pedagogy, not just in art education, but in general education as well. It is important to understand how media and other cultural forms come to be and how it impacts our daily lives. I hope that this podcast has helped to show how tools of analysis like cultural studies and the work of critical pedagogues like Bettina Love help in these conversations about visual culture. Thank you for listening.